I'm sure what is to some extent a twist, the character that dies that everyone else was surprised by, except I was like, who is he? The twist um, that it was misunderstood. Yeah, just, just not observed. It would right. be, it'd be like at the end of the sixth sense. If I was like, Bruce Willis was in that movie. Really? You like... know, I was going to know. I was actually going to go for the same exact movie, except I was going to go. What are ghosts? <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> Welcome to pick up your sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker near I'm Brett. And this week we talk about Assassin's Creed origins. If you want to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can do so by buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash pod. As always, I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Walker Near. Walker, what's uh, what's got you cleaning off your sticks this week? Or finishing, finishing your sticks? Do you finish them? <laughs> Do I finish them? Yeah, like you finish a you finished a game, right? Like oh, I'm not I good see. at this. You're just better at the intros. I thought we were doing like a like at first I thought you meant like a veneer thing. Like what do I like finish it? Like Oh, like okay, like... okay. Yeah, because I mean I did start with I started with cleaning, which was just the wrong word. And it's like it's not like you're a Cheeto duster or anything. Well, know, and then right? I was like, maybe I'm I'm finishing the furniture or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um anyway yes three (laughs) seconds in right out the gate (laughs) um anyway yes i did finish a game magically uh and that game is assassin's creed origins um i played through it on playstation 4 which i i think that you will be proud and anyone else in your camp of at least self-proclaimed game finishers um, I don't. I don't like. I don't think I've ever <laughs> self-proclaimed that. I just, <laughs> I just had to bake in a shot. That's you fair, know how I fair. get. Yeah, right. Um, I'm very petty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I left Rocket League so much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so I started Assassin's Creed Origins probably three years ago, and played it for I think eight hours. Okay, and then. It got lost in the sea of emptiness that is my gaming life. There was nothing wrong. I didn't dislike it. I, I just do what I always do, which is I just stop inexplicably and start playing something else. Something Probably shiny an comes along. Probably an MMO came around, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll play both. I'll play both. And then, yeah, yeah, and then three happen. episodes later, I'm playing three MMOs at once. And it's <laughs> Anyway. Um, so then restarted it again probably a year later and again like six hours and same thing it just fizzles and this must be an enthralling game it's not (laughs) i mean it's not any more than honestly what i'm enthralled with so assassin's creed as a series which we've talked about and around on this show a lot but i don't think we've ever done an episode about assassin's creed really um I remember when that game, the first one, was announced for 360 way back when, in like 06 or something, 05, I don't know, whenever it came out. And I remember being so excited because it was like, it was, it was, it was just so cool. Like there was, yeah, it was, else. it was Hitman, but open world and fantasy. Like, yes, exactly. And, and yeah, not, the fact that not it was like high elf fantasy, like more real world medieval, which there was kind of not a lot of, especially when it came out. 
Right, right. I mean, yeah, certainly they take liberties, but it, it tries to form itself in some ways, at least, as being like a historical kind of thing. Now, I mean, they'll give disclaimers all over the place that this is all fiction and we're not trying right. to whatever. So not that it's an educational game, but to some extent, I don't know. There's there's but then they also have their tech demos, which is like, yeah, but we fully modeled all of Rome. Exactly. Exactly. And like, so it's like, this is not historically accurate, but we historically accurately remodeled. Rome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, um, and so anyway, so I just remember being so excited about it. And yeah, it wasn't guns and it's a stealth kind of game, at least is how it was thought about. But it's not Splinter Cell or Hitman, like you pointed out. Um, the games didn't the series as a whole didn't really end up being that. Uh, they kind of did because you can play it stealthy at least most of the time but you're not really incentivized to because you can largely just fight all of the bad guys just straight up without having to hide and assassinate them first okay fair um so for me at least the games always kind of devolved into eventually i don't care about trying to be sneaky and setting up mm -hmm. long-winded mm -hmm. plans I'm just running into the room. Attack me, guys. Now I kill you. Now I move on. And is that and about just... is that about six hours in when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> I no. just just circling back because I don't think I allowed you to let, finish your initial point there. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're fine. Well, no. The, and so the reason that I, I say that is because you had asked, like, this must be really, really compelling. And my point is that, honestly, I was some, somewhat compelled by the narrative of the gaming community narrative around Assassin's Creed Origin, which is that it reboot. I know I take so long to land the plane, a lot of fuel on these planes. Um, but it, it takes, it, is that like, it, it was a reboot of the series and everyone said it was awesome. And it was kind of what everyone had always hoped it might be kind of thing. And so it's like, I was really compelled to try it and see. Um, so, yeah. So all of that, went back and started yet again and actually played all the way through to completion. So, and just to clarify, yes. you were not compelled by the storyline of the game, but more the societal narrative around the game. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, God forbid the storyline <laughs> of a game is enough to carry you through for once. The Very social, rarely. The social narrative is more important to you than the dialogue in a game. Um, yeah, I wanted to see if that was right. I wanted to see, like, <laughs> is it actually that great? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is that is correct. And I don't know what that says about me as a person, and we'll dissect it later. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> um, Anyway, I, I feel like I've lost a, a train here, so I don't no, know. Have so, you played yeah, Assassin's got, Creed I, at no, all? No. I don't... <laughs> I, 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 you can't interview me. <laughs> you can't... It's you a co-host. Yes, I can. Right, no, you can't just, <laughs> when all else fails, interview guests. That's not how this works. I'm not here. Neither of us are the guest. What? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, we had chatted just a little bit briefly before the show that um it's it's almost not even worth doing a for the uninitiated was this assassin's creed because i have not watched we, we were talking i've not played any of the assassin's creed games i have not watched any 
Let's Play videos on any of the Assassin's Creed games. And I can probably talk relatively at length about what an Assassin's Creed game is. <laughs> Just because, like, the, the social, as you said, the social narrative is really intense on this. Like, I know that Black Flag is one of the pirate ones where you and there's like there's a one there's a couple of entries in the series that have ships that you that were big deal and then like every there's a jokes about every other assassin's creed game being good and they're all ubisoft games so they all like all of the ubisoft tropes almost exclusively come from their assassin's creed open world games like climbing the tower to get the thing i've seen bits and pieces i could talk to the tech demos i could talk about uh when the eagle eye view came out and how big of a deal that was and how on the fence everybody was on either love it or hate it camp so like the fact that it can play kind of like hitman but also eventually devolves into you don't have to sneak at all it's warriors creed origins you know just running and slaughter everyone right like so I think that, you know, maybe if you're uninitiated on Assassin's Creed and you've somehow found your way into our podcast, <laughs> it's a like third person isometric open world assassination sneaky game that's not. Well, well I mean, I, that. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I mean, you know, contemporary titles that compare to it would be, I think, to some extent, the Batman open world games um, and then the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow right. of War, I think. Are similar. I would actually argue that I like those two better because their combat system is more fun. So it it allows you to sneak around and do sneaky stuff as Batman or as the hero of Mordor or whatever. But the combat is more engaging. Um, whereas in Assassin's Creed, you kind of just hold a button and wait for a person to attack, and then you press a single button to parry. And that always parries and counters and executes them. So it's just really, really, really it's, easy. It sounds more like a quick time event without the quickness. I mean, yeah, it kind of is. It just, it just, it just, it just really simple. And it's, and then to be clear, right now I'm not talking about Origins as much as fair, Assassin's Creed up to that point. Um, yeah, I mean, the animations are all well done, and there's a huge variety of weapons. So, like, if you pick up a sword versus a hammer, you swing them differently, and you hit the enemies in different places, and you bash their head open with the hammer and cut their stomach open with a sword or whatever. Like, so it's not that it's done. It's not like they don't care. It's just that as far as uh, engaging gameplay, to me, it doesn't, doesn't do the trick. So with Origins, the whole claim to fame with it is that the assassin's creed uh series up to origins where they rebooted it a had become an annual release uh and b was what they call a open world game not an rpg because in the old assassin in the original assassin's creed games you're you're not really leveling like you do unlock new equipment or maybe through the story as you play through, like some new device becomes available that you don't have at the beginning. Like maybe you can shoot a poison dart halfway through the game that you don't have at the start. Right. But it's not, it, you're, there's not a talent tree in the same way. Kind of similar to uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, But even less so because it sounds like you're not even leveling skills any. 
Yeah, I would say I mean, Horizon Zero so. Dawn has like four skills that you level, and <laughs> there there's like three levels to each of those. So it's true. It's true. Um, I don't know. So in Horizon Zero Dawn, I, I would say that the primary difference is just the itemization. Because in Horizon Zero Dawn, if you have the starter weapons and you went and found your way to one of the harder late game areas, I don't think you could kill the creatures there. And in Assassin's Creed, your dagger is just your dagger, right? Like, right. It doesn't. And and well, so that's the difference is that in most of the Assassin's Creed games, if you have access to an area and there's an NPC there that's an enemy or whatever, you can kill them. Right? right like there's not a level thing whereas in so in origins they reboot the series now it's an every other year release and it's an rpg so the map is broken up into different territories that have level ranges on all of them huh if the if a if an enemy is more than two levels higher than you it's very easy to get killed by it and if it's more than like i don't know if it's 10 or what the number is but they just show up as a skull and are just unbeatable basically they'll one shot you and right. you do nothing for damage so much more hard rpg okay elements if you will if that makes sense really long process to level up the gear i mean in horizon zero dawn you level up the gear what maybe three or four times or something as far as yeah. tiers go right yeah and in this there's tons of tiers um it's I don't almost do you Diablo like, style itemization. Do you like that more? Because I almost just from an outside party who has never played almost sounds more fun if you're going for a historical perspective that humans don't really have levels. And if you're a trained assassin and all of your opponents are humans and not monsters or robots or whatever, if you have a dagger, you could kill any human. Um. Yeah, I did think it was kind of weird. Like the first time I went to because I didn't know. I mean, I did know, but I didn't understand how it worked exactly because I haven't played one of these. And I, and while I've never beaten any of the other Assassin's Creed games, of course I own the entire collection of them <laughs> and have played all of them some. You know right. what I mean? Some way more than others, but whatever. And yeah, like the first time I tried to go assassinate a higher level thing and I jump off the, the wall and land on his back and knock him to the ground and stab him and then we both just stand up and then begin fighting... At which point he right. one shots me. It was like, that's kind of weird. So like at least in like Cyberpunk 2077, like the only thing I really loved about that was if you went to try to do an assassinate move on a skull character, they would like notice you and then strike you first or like counter your move or parry it and one shot you in a death animation in the same way that you would an enemy, right? Like they would just kill you. So uh, from a, from a, I think, I think that's definitely an interesting question that, I I mean, again, I had thought about, but hadn't thought about it this much. I think from an immersion standpoint, you could definitely argue that gating things behind role-playing game rules is less immersive because yeah, why, why is that guy a higher experience level? So I, Right, he's but he's still killable. just a guard. Right, so it doesn't like, make sense. Yeah. But from a video game perspective, I think that it being an RPG, this obviously um, helps create a more linear path through what is otherwise an enormous open world game 
and for people like me who I always get lost in the giant open world because the story kind of pulls you places, but you can also kind of be like, yeah, but what if I just went over here? And it's like, you could do that. And then I'm bored and I stop playing because why do I care? Right. Right. Um, so I think that the, the levels and the progression for me, at least, and maybe that, you know, I hadn't thought about it even, but maybe that's part of why I was able to actually finish it. Now I did also really make it a point to consistently go back and finish it because I'd started it so many times. You've been talking about finishing this one for months now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. No, I, I, so what happens, you know, I say, I don't know what happens when I stop playing games and I don't, it's because I don't know. There's not some like long train of thought, but what happens is literally I think about playing a game that I've been playing. It doesn't resonate with me. So I go, nah, and then that happens for, let's say, a week or two weeks or whatever. And especially if I'm not very far. Now I don't really know exactly what happened. And it's like, uh, whatever. I'm not sure. I'll just go back sometime later. And then that just later just never comes. So I made it a conscious point to not let that happen <laughs> this time. Right. Um and did take breaks, definitely did not know life. It definitely did not play through it in a week or two weeks or anything like that. But consciously, if it had been a few days, I would be like, OK, I'm going to log in and I'll do at least one story quest and then I will stop. I also, for anyone who's listened for the, at least the last few months, followed our my own advice for me from our Horizon Zero Dawn episode, which was I only did side quests if I needed to in order to catch my level up to the main quest. Otherwise, only story quests. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it it sounds like that 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 you are kind of pro RPG elements, even though they are a little bit immersion breaking, at least for your style of play. Yeah, because I don't think I mean, I don't know how much immersion is there anyway. Like man runs around and kills a thousand people unscathed. <laughs> mm. right. Man, I mean, and, and when you fight, even in the old games, I mean. Yeah, it's like I can get hit with a sword and if I run away, then I regen my health. So, right. I don't know. Like, it's funny to me where immersion lines get drawn sometimes in in games like there will be in a fantasy game with magic in it. There will be something that doesn't work how it would in quote unquote real life. And it's like the characters in this shoot fireballs like we've already right. suspended our disbelief. It doesn't <laughs> matter if they drive on the left side of the road and we all know uh -huh. that it should be on the right. Like, oh, come on. You know? So in terms of like, oh, I just had it. It, how, how, how much time did it take? Can you even estimate, or do you know how much time it took for you to beat it this time? I do. Uh, right around 35 hours. Okay. Um, and that, that is with a lot of quests and exploration undone right. so that's i mean it probably could be done faster than that i'm sure i wasn't as efficient as i could have been but again that's with me really only doing side content to catch level up to do story quest which was 
a somewhat hard requirement because of the RPG mechanics that we're describing. Right, you were like, actually ending up being forced to do side quests the one time that you're trying not to. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, I would be level 20, and I would finish a main quest, and the next main quest is revealed to me, but it's level 25. So now I need to go get a few levels to catch up. I was honestly fine with it because really i just wanted to beat it and i was like right. if i just stay on the main story i think i can beat it um so yeah it was about 30 35 hours or so and it was interesting because i actually didn't love it i, I wouldn't say i loved it at any point i didn't really like it all that well for the first half we'll say really didn't like it isn't fair but but was like man i am definitely doing this only because i have said i would so many times like this is kind of sloggy in the do moment you think, do you think that's because you had already put in six and eight hours before no because it was long enough ago i mean i remembered generally the story beats but it's not like when the dialogue's playing i know what they're gonna say right. okay certainly right um no i think it was because I wanted it to be something that it's not, which is, the, I, and I didn't mention this before. So by this time, we now also have Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which yeah, I was are going to say Valhalla was the other one that I remembered. That's Viking time. Yeah, that's the newest one. And then Odyssey is between Origins and Valhalla. So those haven't played them, but my understanding is do actually just lean into some more fantastical elements. Mm. And and like in Assassin's Creed Origins even, like there was one quest I did where this giant meteor crashes out of the sky. And I went in to the crash site and then there's like a a unique weapon, like a legendary weapon that I could loot out of this or whatever. And that was very supernatural for right like oh, how does it become a weapon like me you're not bringing well, the meteor become to... a weapon but yeah there right. either way yes it, it didn't anyway so it was, yes it was very supernatural kind of fantastical i because i heard rpg in my head that means fantastical i think <laughs> right and so i just kept waiting for like I don't know. Like truck simulator now, is actually probably a pretty more of a true RPG than yeah. most RPGs are. <laughs> right. And well, and so I just kept waiting and be like, and now you get lightning daggers. And it's like, yes, yes. It's finally Assassin's Creed with nope, magic. You are playing a role in a game. It is a role playing game. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, so I think it, it, probably around the 20 hour mark or so, which is a very long time to hold on to expectations. But I finally was able to let go and stop waiting for that other shoe to drop where it turns into something that, it, again, it's not. Right. Um, and I think once that happened, I was able to really start to kind of appreciate it for for what it is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, 35 hours around halfway through, I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> you finally, did you did you just give up at that point? Like, <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, once not, I, once but I, I mean, no, but I mean, give up on the sense that like, give up on quitting, I guess. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I felt pretty confident that I'd given up on quitting whenever I had those days where I didn't want to play, but would still force myself to log in and do a quest. Okay. Um, and and yeah, as far as you know, like the story of the game goes, uh, Assassin's Creed always tells two stories. So it tells the story of the world that you're playing in primarily as the assassin, which is at some point in time in history. And I would say that that story is, <laughs> well, <laughs> that story is good enough, but it's kind of unfair for me to say that because I will admit right now that at the end of the game, a character dies and all of the rest of the characters are aghast. And I said out loud, who is that? <laughs> So, <laughs> what did he do again? I didn't. I mean, I knew he was here, but I didn't think he was that he played important. Only the story missions. <laughs> I know. I know. It's past a point. I mean, here's the thing with Assassin's Creed stories and why I've never cared that much. Past a point. Here it is. Uh, here's a point in time in history. There's an a govern. There's a government that is in some way oppressive, and the assassin through some sort of naturally existing inspiration from where he lives in that time and place and the motivations of the assassin guild coalesce into the player becoming the assassin that undoes the oppressing evil government. I mean, so no, I don't know who all the characters are. I, I also didn't think that we were going to fail and not overthrow the evil guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Right. I don't know. So are you so so you're the reason Rome collapses then? Um it's Egypt. Okay. So <laughs> it's I mean, Egypt I, I like I said, I only know so much. <laughs> <laughs> the only Assassin's Creed that I've played is the VR game. Oh right, right. The the four person puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, so Assassin's Creed Origins is set in Egypt. Um and it's actually not the earliest set though. It's so it's when it, when it came out, it's the idea is that it's like the beginning of there is no assassins clan. Like you right. are creating it. Not even on purpose. Right. You, know, you don't set out to create it. You accidentally make an assassins guild. Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but so then, so, so there's, so there's that story, but then there's also, you know, the lore of Assassin's Creed is that in the modern world, there is a person who, at least in the beginning of the game, shares a bloodline with the assassin that the player is playing as. And so the whole premise of it is that in the modern world, someone is getting into this machine and through genetic memory, I'm using air quotes, um, they're able to then access and relive the memories of their ancestors who happen to be these assassins, which then enables them to have understandings about the world at that time. And frankly, know where tr hidden treasure is, is actually what they're. That's, so that was the other thing, which is like, okay, cool. But why? Um, to, 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 to take <laughs> over the world. I, I mean, so like, so like you're, you're trying to remember your ancient assassin bloodline history no, there's two competing factions, and one of them is the evil fascist faction that wants right. to seize power, and the assassins are the subversive 
underground rebel force that's fighting against that and trying to save the world, even though the world doesn't know they need saving. Right. But what in ancient Egypt is going to help future you topple oppressive regime? Um, yeah. So there's, there's, and I, this is where, so this is why I brought up the two storylines. So, while it's not necessary to know anything about the games to play through the Egyptian storyline because it takes place back then and there's right. nothing predating it at that point, the out the modern time storyline is just a continuation of the other ten games. That oh, come okay. Before. When you when you said it was a reboot, I thought mm -mm. it it was rebooting that storyline as well. No, oh, I also okay. thought that. Okay. Um, no is the answer. And to be com completely honest, I have no idea what is happening in that storyline. I don't know. I spend as little time outside of the animus, which is the machine that gives you access to the historical period of time. Right. I go out to the modern world for as long as I have to until I can find the button prompt that lets me go back to the assassin body because I do not care. I don't care. Yep. Don't care. It's 10. It's 10 games. It's 10 games of story. Honestly, it's like what we were talking about with Halo, though, where it's like I tried to watch the a recap video on the Halo storyline. And to be clear, I'm sure that it's not incomprehensible. Right. It's just there are so it, it, it wasn't written uh, as a series of novels where, you know what I mean? It, it, it It's right. It's and just it not also that cohesive. Like, yeah, it, it also is not even a recap video for somebody like us who's just like, I literally just want the most important story beats. Like I don't need all of the side characters and their whole histories. Like, right. I need right. five minutes, 10 games and five minutes, please. Well, and so with Assassin's Creed, you have the very first one and then you have the next three, um, which are the Ezio games. And those are kind of their own contained trilogy. And then it goes to Assassin's Creed three and that's pretty much standalone. Really, they're all kind of standalone after that. So there's the Ezio trilogy, which all run right into each other, both in the historical context and the out of the animus context. Like it's the same main character in the modern time for the first four games. After that, it's a different person. The rules of what they're doing in the modern world are different. Like it starts out and the animus technology is new and blah, blah, blah in the in the newest games the animus is sold as like a VR like experience to the general public. Like, so it's all very who, different. who wants to go back and relive and like be forced to bake bread and die of polio. Like... <laughs> right. Or who wants to go back and live in some grimy time where you can't shower so that you can just murder people all the time. Like kind of even like, like when you're like, don't you, isn't it more or less that you're reliving your memories? You're not like actually in control. Well, that, that would stand to reason, except that, uh, which is again, where it's kind of like, maybe if I just spent more time with it, it would all make perfect sense. Right. And I mean, I'm just a jerk for not knowing right now. <laughs> That's possible. There's some but, Assassin's Creed out fan out there who is screaming. Who's just like, you guys are so dumb. Unsubscribing from our podcast yep. right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
Hey, Walker, do you know our podcast is almost big enough to start selling ads? Yeah, I had noticed that. So what do you think? Should we go mattress company, VPN, some mobile game? Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe coffee. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good free trade local. No, no, no. Like Ko-Fi, like donations. Oh, oh, right. So so we we do ads for Ko-Fi and for coffee. I mean, I guess that could work. But I was thinking that people could support the show with really small donations about the cost of a cup of coffee. And then we could skip talking about mattress companies or mobile games and just keep all of that content out of the show. Uh, they can just head over to our Ko-Fi page over at ko-fi.com slash pod and contribute to us there. Oh, I get it. So you're saying even if our listeners donated a single dollar over at ko-fi.com slash pod, it would go a long way towards funding the podcast. And in the future, we could even offer cool things like merch or rewards and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's definitely one way that we can pay our bills, keep our mics hot and keep the show going. And if they can't donate, that's okay too. Let's just let them get back to enjoying the show. So the reason that I wanted to explain all of that though about the story is that like, so I played the whole the game all the way through. I don't really care about the story very much, either the in-game story or the out-of-game story. I don't think that the in-game story was necessarily badly told though. Um, and it actually does have outside of the, I'm sure what is to some extent a twist, the character that dies that everyone else was surprised by, except I was like, who is he? The twist um, that it was misunderstood. Yeah, just just not observed. It would right. be it'd be like at the end of the sixth sense if I was like Bruce Willis was in that movie. Really? You like... know, I was gonna know I was actually gonna go for the same exact movie, except I was gonna go, what are ghosts? <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> um so but and like and the gameplay itself is good. Um but it's actually not that different than the old one. So I would say that Assassin's Creed Origin is slightly harder combat-wise than the series before it. Um, well, mostly because it has an RPG element that you can fail, apparently. You can. I, But I mean, even against same-level enemies, like, it's a, it's a little bit harder than just hold the block button until someone attacks and then press the counter button and then right. win. But it's still pretty easy, honestly. Um the weapons do are a lot are still very uh, there's a lot of variety in the weapons and there's definitely a feeling of a different play style like swinging a giant two-handed hammer is a lot slower and just the animation of the swing takes a lot longer so you're exposed for a lot longer than like something like a little sword or whatever right um so again it, it's not that it's like terrible or something it's just you know, I, I don't know. I play something like Hades, which is a totally different kind of game. But that combat is just way more engaging to me. And I think, honestly, it might actually be just because of how easy or hard is it to fail. And Assassin's Creed is just pretty forgiving. So it becomes easy to get lazy with it, which then okay. means I don't have to think about it, which means I'm not engaged. Yeah, right. You know? You're not engaged. Exactly. Whereas with Hades or I don't know, some of these other games if you don't pay attention the whole time, you just die. So it's right. Yeah. Engaging, I guess is probably just the best word. Um, so, so yeah. let's, let's move to this direction then. So you didn't, you didn't really care about the story. You don't really care about the combat. What, is there anything about Assassin's Creed origins that did keep you like, like, yeah, I, I do. I do want to engage with that side of things. Um, yeah. I mean, and to be clear, 
I still do. I mean, I don't hate the the combat is not unplayably boring. Right. It's just that for thirty five hours, it's like mm, I don't know. Okay, it's kind of the reason that I don't want a Call of Duty game to be thirty five hours. It's not that right. it's horrible. It's just that it, you know something like Doom Eternal is fun for a long time because there's so much variety in how it makes you play. Like you can't choose a single gun and just be like, I'm good with this one and I like it. Like right. you're gonna run out of ammo. Sorry. Yep. So the game is designed in a way that that forces this variety of gameplay. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it doesn't really. But it's still not, again, unplayably bad or something. I mean, I'm st I still can be satisfied by hitting a guy in the stomach with the he head of the hammer. And then when he doubles over, smashing his face off with, you know, a baseball bat swing. I I'm not above that. I still, <laughs> I still like hyper-violent right, right, stuff. So right, fair. But no, so at the, as I was getting towards the end, I did think about I was because I knew I was going to want to talk about it. And I was like, initially, I had all these negative thoughts that I've shared so far. And I was like, but that actually can't be my final takeaway of it because it's not fair. Like the combat is not again, it's not so bad that it's meh. the animus modern world stuff is actually really easy to skip and just go back to the assassin world if you want i didn't have to play for long periods of time um the rpg gating is kind of yeah it can be kind of weird but it did help me stay on track or whatever and give me a clear path to you know proceed to the game i think though that it it's almost more like an example of uh the sum is greater than the individual parts kind of thing okay where and it also honestly just made me think about how much when i say we take for granted i don't mean that like gamers are wrong for this and so maybe taking it for granted isn't the right way to say it but it builds this enormous world and there are because it is a really large map like surprisingly large and there are little towns and cities and they're not copy pasted like right some of the little villages probably are kind of samey but especially the different like larger cities that you have like they really have their own culture and their own spin to them and they feel unique which has been something the assassin's creed series has been famous for like you mentioned their recreation of rome earlier right like that's something they've been famous for for a long time and i think it's just really easy to take it for granted but like you have all these little cities and there's they're filled with npcs and I mean, the NPCs aren't living like incredibly complicated lives, but they're also not just standing perfectly still like they're walking around and doing things and interacting. And it really does do a good job of creating this like living world. Right. Um, and I, I was thinking about like, imagine being behind development of that. Like we know how hard it is to code Flappy Bird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So imagine, imagine being, and obviously it's a huge, you know, teams of literal hundreds of people are involved in making these Assassin's Creed games, but imagine creating that world that is that technically impressive and then people being like, nah, that's dumb. But also at the same point in time, though, like the amount of, well, and, and I've spoken, I don't know that I've spoken about this on the podcast. I definitely talked with you about this before is the, the little details in movies that I notice that like are so underappreciated. Mm. Um, it's why one of my favorite 
scenes in a movie is one of the most it's one of the worst movies that I could have a favorite scene from is from the the first G.I. Joe uh, live action film. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's relatively close to the beginning. The camera does this full 360 degree Mobius strip style fly around of the Cobra ship. And like that ship took a ridiculous amount of work to design and like build and like just this is the same way that like Optimus Prime and the Transformers probably had hundreds of people and hundreds of hours into all of the little folding flaps and parts and gears and things. And you see like a quarter of a second before there's a hard cut of that unfolding and furling, right? Or maybe right. maybe three seconds of transformation. And then it's just boom in just in hard cut. And it's like in video games, it's like like that NPC who has a pathway, either an algorithm that is built to randomly assign it a pathway or a generated path that gets logged into memory somewhere that like it has to spawn into an existence somewhere already on the path because it can't every NPC can't just start at the front door because that would look mm -hmm. weird. So they've all got to be in the middle of an activity at some point, be doing that activity and then just despawn without ever completing their like yeah. the, the mission of the code is to go from A to B to C. And that loop hopefully never fully completes. <laughs> and it never and, it, and there's no loading screens. It's all an yeah. open world, seamless environment. Like you literally just go walk straight into a town and then walk straight back out of it. And it's all. Now, of course, there's tricks like there's city oh, walls yeah. and stuff. But from the player's experience, yeah, you walk in and the town is just going. But yeah, you're right. That's not actually what's happening. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> and, is, yeah, at some point they have to spawn in and at some point they despawn. And well, like... and so that's why it's like, so honestly, as much as I wasn't personally invested in the story, I don't think it's because they wrote an underwhelming story. Right. It's because I just didn't really pay attention and didn't care. I mean, we've taught it's a it's a running joke that we, you know, you it is. But I would say that there are some games where I really am like, I don't care about this story. Like, right. this is dumb. That's not my take on this, though. With this one, fair, it was like, fair. yeah, it's fine. I passed a point. I just kind of wanted to see what the game will offer mechanics wise, for lack of a better way to say that, right. which is how I approach these things. But um but anyway, yeah, like, so I don't know, it was weird. Like, by the end of it, I was like, it was almost like a like a Stockholm Syndrome to some extent, where, like, <laughs> I had spent enough time with it, and I had, I had been mad about the things that I didn't prefer, but didn't quit, so that then I just had to be like, well, you know what, I guess those things that I don't like maybe aren't really that important. And and I and I think that's probably true. I think that it, it, on the whole, it does deliver this remarkably well put together, really enormous game. And honestly, the fact that it's set in historical Egypt, where it is, is really cool. Like, what other game is that where you're running around and there's pyramids and stuff? Right. But they're not. They're not a. Uh, they're not the Hollywood sign on the hill, right? Like, they're literally just a play. There's a few spots on the map where there's some giant pyramids, but the game's not like building to like, Ooh, and look, we put yeah, a pyramid yeah, you get to go there. Right. Yeah. Um, and the pyramids are actually cool. Uh, 
they can they all contain puzzles like little puzzle platformer sections and that's them cool or whatever a little prince so, of persia in there kind of yeah thing. so i really did go and explore several of the pyramids and complete those uh quests once i realized that i liked doing that though i uh made myself stop and go back to the main story so i could because <laughs> i was like i'm just gonna do this and then i'm not gonna finish oh no i'm enjoying the game <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because there's some part of me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, what I was getting ready to say doesn't make any sense. What I was getting ready to say was there's some completionist streak in me, which is literally the antithesis of what we're talking about. Right. It's not completionist and I want to complete the game. It's that like, if I get stuck on doing a puzzle thing like that, then I'm like, oh, let's do all of these puzzles and see what they are. Right. And it turns out they're not all that different. And so then it gets boring. Yeah, because you quit <laughs> it wasn't intended that you sit and churn through all 10 pyramid <laughs> puzzles right in a row as fast as you could um because i'm a psychopath so well no i think we're just used to things like hex cells where it's right. like okay, next puzzle like, yeah i found that's the core gameplay loop i found the loop that i want to play puzzle pyramid and that's all i want i don't want assassin's creed i want puzzle pyramid <laughs> so and i'm not going to do this justice at all because i don't i didn't I don't I haven't watched it again recently. So it's, it's you know, here I am, I've bashed on the story or whatever and said that I, you know, or not bashing them, but whatever, wasn't that compelled. There was one thing that I found that was like a a secret room. Like there's like the normal puzzle, and then there is another secret little thing that I that I stumbled onto. Okay. And this is where I think people who like Assassin's Creed story on the whole would argue and point to like dude, what are you talking about? It is really deep and it is really cool. And here's why would be like this moment. So I go in and it's some crypt or whatever. And all of a sudden there's just like glowy bits kind of everywhere. And then this voice starts talking and it's talking to the character in Egypt who has no knowledge of anything that will happen in the future. Right. And the voice is explaining basically that like 2012 was supposed to be a death event for Earth and that the threads of time are like woven into that shape or that pattern for that to happen, but that that was interrupted. And so now there's like something within like the the existence of time that is trying to to correct that because it it's supposed death is supposed to have come now i only found one of those and i so i don't know exactly where else that goes but it's speaking to like this larger meta story that's like the treasure right. that controls the world i was referencing earlier and i was like okay that actually was a really cool moment like i was really surprised when that moment happened and honestly if i if i wasn't so hell-bent on beating the game because i said I was going to, I probably would have stopped trying to do the main story and just tried to figure out how to do more of that, right? Because that was actually pretty interesting. And it was not, yeah, it wasn't simple, like good guy, bad guy here. And it wasn't evil, oppressive government, bad guy, good guy time in ancient Egypt. It's like some way larger meta thing. That's like, right. okay, that's super interesting. So, <laughs> um, 
so yeah anyway again i'm not doing it justice because i it was that's the only encounter i had with it uh and it was you know it's not that long but i can see where someone who is aware of all that stuff might think that the whole story itself is like yeah that's cooler than you think it is well yeah i mean and i'm sure that you know you don't get a game series to 10 games outside of like madden especially games that that seem to be relying on at least in some part their story because i think you know the same thing could be argued with halo that you could say that halo has a really basic storyline and you could say that it has a really complex one i think both parties are correct right i think you could say the same thing about like star trek and star wars you know like yeah so I, I'm sure it does have warrant have its merits and like have its super cool moments. Um, did you find yourself so like a lot of open world games, a lot of the fun can come from the kind of ra- random happenstance moments, the like in game just stories that aren't intended to happen that way, maybe. But do you kind of had did you ever have any of those kind of emergent gameplay moments? Um, I don't, it, so it's funny because this is actually not an emergent moment and is scripted this way to demonstrate to the player that there are emergent moments and it's not an Assassin's Creed game in Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2, <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption 2, very early on, you're going down the road and this guy is standing by his horse and he calls out to you and is like, Hey stranger, can you help me? And so you go over to him and he does something and spooks his horse when he's behind it. And the horse kicks him in the head and kills him on the spot. And it it's shocking. Now, every player sees this, so it's not actually emergent. But it looks like, oh, my God, that (laughs) random NPC just asked for help and got kicked in the head. Because the truth of Red Dead, which is a rock star game, is that that can happen in an emergent way. I didn't have any moment like that necessarily. However, in the game, in order to upgrade um, a lot of your equipment, you have to have you have to harvest a lot of natural resources. So you can um, go skin animals. Um, There's wood. There's different metals you can get. And there are, I guess we could say, normal ways of acquiring those going hunting the animals. Uh, salvaging gear to get metal nuggets out of it or whatever instead of selling it. Um, But this has the eagle eye view where you literally have a hawk, I think, and it looks down and can spot things for you. One of the things it can spot is NPCs who are carrying these trade goods that you might want. Now, they're not regular people ever. They're always like, it's usually like a, a convoy of some sort so it'll be like a few guys on a horse or maybe there's a, a like a chariot and then a few guys on horses surrounding it. And one of those horses will have a guy who's carrying a stockpile of one of these resources. So you can send your eagle or your hawk or whatever's up into the sky to look and spot these. and But they might be 500 meters away. And then you go and basically knock them off, like go rob them. <laughs> well, I mean, you kill them. I was going to say, you, you do the murder thing. Right. You're an, it's an Assassin's Creed game after all. Right. But that actually, I actually ended up doing almost all of the upgrades that you can all the way to maximum level because I did actually just really enjoy looking up resource car- couriers and then going and 
ganking them, <laughs> stealing their stuff, <laughs> and just finding different arrangements for that or trying to do different ways to set that up or whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, I don't really remember there being like a completely random version of that or something where something just went catastrophically different than I expected. But But it wasn't something that the game told me I had to do. There wasn't a side quest for kill so many of these couriers or something like right um, also not that it's not a somewhat obvious step to take so not that i'm like thinking right, outside the no. box by doing it but um but yeah that was a lot of fun and then there's something that inter introduces is there are they're called like phylakies i think something like that but they're basically this um guild or group whatever you want to call it of like super powerful soldiers and pretty early in the game you kill their leader and so then they're like they're all coming after you now and so the phylakis show up on the map and whatever zone they're in so let's say you're in the level 20 zone well the the assassin dude who's the npc assassin phylaki dude who's there to hunt you is level 40. so it, it because of the rpg mechanics of it they're able to make it so that it is impossible that you will kill it if you fight it it does show you where they are on the map so you can kind of have an idea of where they might be but yeah you just have to run from them because if they see you they immediately beeline for you and if they start fighting you they're probably just going to kill you um so that was kind of a fun cat and mouse mechanic that i was surprised to see introduced and i did also make it a point not every single one but probably the first four or five that once i got to a level where i could was going to be high enough to go kill them i did go back and take my revenge <laughs> on them even though the zones they're in now are lower level than i need right i don't care i'm going back matter. for you going right back. is it how's the is fast travel decent i assume there's fast mm -hmm. travel yeah 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 lots of fast travel all over the map um and just lots of Lots of just nooks and crannies like and it's easy to dismiss it as like, yeah, it's an Ubisoft game. So, of course, there's lots of places to explore and air yeah. quotes, but they really do actually just have a ton of like buildings and temples. And there's just a lot of places that you can go and little caves and I don't know, just little stuff where you'll find something and you really do feel kind of like you're exploring. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that about it as well. But yeah, I would say that despite only trying to do the main quest, there were times where I was having to do side quests. And so as such, and because the RPG side of it does matter, I did feel like it was important to level up my gear, for example. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a fun sidebar to go rob all the stagecoaches, for lack of a better way. Now, there's another thing that I haven't talked about that people who like the game would probably think I'm nuts for not having mentioned yet. And that's that there's an arena where you can like a gladiator arena where you can enter and fight multiple rounds of bosses. And there's like different tiers of it and all of this. Um, and there's chariot races, which I think those escalate in difficulty. Uh, I did each of those only to the, only to the requirement of the story missions and then didn't continue. So those might be also more way more compelling and more interesting than Yeah, I, I mean we, I had that happen in Horizon Zero Dawn. So Yeah. Like and, yeah, the hunting lodge kind of thing. Yeah, the hunting lodge stuff. Yep. I did yep. a few of them a little bit, but mostly did not. 
Right. And I think with those types of content, usually if they're going to get interesting, they get more interesting the further in you get. Yeah. So like the hunting lodge is probably more interesting at the end of that sequence. Oh yeah. That's probably super hard. And like, it's the same with any like time trial mini games or like fly through the rings or any of that type of stuff as like, I don't know that interesting is the right word for some people. I'm sure it is, but difficulty is interesting for some people and for other people, it's just difficulty. Right. Right. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would say on the whole though, you know, despite everything I said about not being in love with a lot of parts of it, I think it is actually a pretty good game and I can see why people gave it the praise that they did because um, I think that it kind of maybe streamlines a little more the Assassin's Creed experience and actually made it a little less shallow. Maybe just because of the RPG mechanics, but it did make it so I had to run from those assassin guys and stuff, right? And like, I did have to think about where I was going to enter because if I run up on a fort and it's too high level, I actually just need to leave now and figure out a different plan. So it made me be a little more thoughtful about the order in which I was doing things. You couldn't versus... just sneak in and, well, I can sneak kill and murder everything anyway. So Yeah, versus like, well, I'm here now, so I may as well just do it so I don't have to run back later. But I don't really care. I'm just kind of pressing buttons now. So, so I mean, I guess that does beg the question then. So in comparison to the social discourse, like, yeah, did it it live up to that hype? I would say so. And I would say that, I mean, not immediately, um, but at some point I intend to try Assassin's Creed Odyssey and, and then Valhalla after that. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken about there being even more fantastical elements to those, I think I'll like it even more. Um, cause I, I love wizards, so <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, huge world, really high debt level of detail in it. And when I say high level, I mean, the animations are gorgeous. The, I mean, just down to the clothing, you know, the different outfits you can put on, like they all, the detail there is, is there like, it's well done. Um, it's not, it's not a lazy game at all which i think ubisoft and assassin's creed games can get accused of yeah but i i I don't think it would be fair to call this one lazy and like like there was one example of a quest i did a side quest i did and a buddy of mine was over so he was watching and overheard the dialogue as well and it's like you find this woman who's suicidal and you and she's like standing on the edge of a cliff actually not a very tall cliff but whatever so and you approach her and it turns out that her husband has just died and she, you know, kind of has nothing to live for and she can't overcome this grief. And so you talk to her about it and, and you introduce her to a ritual from your village that people use to overcome grief. And you're like, well, the way we do it is we get these flowers and whatever ritual. And so you're like, hold, just wait here. Don't jump yet. Just wait here. Let me go collect some of these and we'll come back and see if this helps at all. And so like on paper, that's like a really pretty beautiful whatever word you want to use quest right like oh cool like it's in a game about killing people you're actually trying to prevent a death and right on one right but man the dialogue is just really flat and mm. it's very brief and she's just like i'm sad i mean i'm completely exaggerating right. it's, it's like, hyperbole but yeah but it's like i'm sad my husband died and it's like don't kill yourself i'll get you flowers and then you run 10 feet away pick flowers and come back and you're like here and then she's like, awesome. I feel better now. Now, again, there's more dialogue than that. And it's not that bad. 
but it really wasn't that great but the game is not a game about that quest like that's right a tiny 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 it's segment one thing that and, can happen yeah. yeah and so it's like it's unfair to judge all of the quests and all of the dialogue on the maybe one of the worst examples in it <laughs> um, because Find that's the actually, cringiest moment in the game and judge the entire game on that yeah because that's not actually what it's like otherwise um and yeah, I, I think certainly if you've never played an Assassin's Creed game, it probably is the best entry point into the right. series. Um, so yeah, I would think I would say yeah that that the, the narrative around it is is right. I am glad I played it, so I don't have to think about playing it anymore and feel guilty for <laughs> not playing it. Um, but unlike a lot of your Steam games, you don't get to move it into the done folder. I know, I know, <laughs> I'm. I think I might own it on Steam. I was going to say, you too. might own it on Steam, so you might be able to move it there anyway. At which point, I will put it into the done folder, because I <laughs> I don't get a lot of wins there. So oh. take them where we can get them. So is there is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to talk about? No, I don't think so. Um, I would just, you know, I would say as far as why does it matter, I think that, that Assassin's Creed Origin matters because it, it shows to some extent that, like, it's really easy to become cynical about big publishers and franchises that have been around for a long time, especially with the release schedule that Assassin's Creed had. And to be clear, a lot of the criticism it has is well warranted. Um, but I think it's an example of a game studio going back and actually making a course correction that is for the better. Um, and while it's not fantastical, I think that it actually does offer a somewhat unique role-playing game experience because of that, because you don't have wizards and Chain lightning and fireballs. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and, and the enemies are politicians and people in, in the political world, not the evil dragon Lord from the dimension that no one knows about or something. You know what I mean? Like, and to be clear, I love all of those things. And and again, for the first half of this game, hope that they would reveal themselves to be in it. Like, I mean, you know what, you know what ancient Egypt could use uh, an undead black dragon. I know that would be so, so cool. Dope. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Where are the Warhammer? Uh, like what are the, what, now I, the tomb Kings, like give me two. There you kings, go. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, but again, after I spent some time with it and was kind of able to let go of my own preconceived notions and just see it for what it was, yeah, I think it is deserving of the praise. And I think that if you've not, if you have any interest in it again, I would, I would say it's definitely worth picking up, especially now it's, you know, it's from 2016. You can probably get it for 10 bucks on sale right. sometime. So, um, but anyway, yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins worth it. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S pod, or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from me on either of my other shows, I've got The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life through a variety of interviews, and The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Crowfall.